This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, the Tesla Model Y was the world's best-selling car in Q1. President Biden withdraws his nomination for NHTSA chief. And GM and Stellantis bail out an insolvent supplier. Plus, Champ Titles CEO Shane Bigelow joins the show to talk about his company's digital title clearinghouse in West Virginia. Once their processing times got so low, they said, well, how else can we help our constituents? How else can we help dealers and fleet operators and insurance carriers and lenders and, of course, the consumer? And the answer was, well, maybe we can be the state that solves the problem with online vehicle commerce. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. China is the biggest market for Tesla's Model Y, helping it become the world's top-selling vehicle in the first quarter of this year. That's according to data that market researcher Jado shared with Reuters. Tesla sold more than 267,000 Model Ys in the first quarter of this year. Of those, more than 94,000 were sold in China. That's compared with 84,000 in the U.S. and 71,000 in Europe. Based on overall sales, the United States was the biggest market for Tesla, which does not provide a regional breakdown of its global volumes. Model Y was followed in Jado's rankings by four Toyota models, Corolla, Hilux, RAV4, and Camry. President Joe Biden is withdrawing his nomination for the head of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The White House gave no reason for the move and declined to comment. Ann Carlson was named acting head of NHTSA in September and formally nominated for the top position in March. She has overseen efforts to shrink traffic deaths and boost vehicle fuel economy requirements, as well as safety probes into Tesla. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said Carlson would continue to serve at NHTSA and did not address why the nomination was withdrawn. Three of the largest customers of Unique Fabricating have agreed to bail out the insolvent supplier with price increases and investments of up to $15 million to tide over the company until it sells itself and restructures. General Motors, Stellantis, and Yanfeng Automotive Interior Systems entered into an accommodation agreement with the Auburn Hills, Michigan-based supplier last week, according to a filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. At the same time, the company entered into another forbearance agreement with Lender Citizens Bank, which stipulates that Unique Fabricating must pay about $1.2 million in past due interest and fees for attorneys and advisors. And American Honda sees sunnier skies in 2023. After struggling to get production back on track following the pandemic, the Japanese automaker started off the year strong. It saw roughly twice the amount of inventory and double-digit growth through April. American Honda Executive Vice President of National Operations Mamadou Diallo says the Honda brand is on track to post sales of 1.2 million and the Acura is aiming for 160,000 sales. This is still putting us in pace to uh, a roughly 20 to 25 percent increase over 2022. 
So we're, we're very confident uh, in our position this year. Diallo spoke with automotive news reporter Carly Schaffner for our Talk from the Top series of interviews with industry leaders. You can find more of their conversation at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, the Tesla Model Y is now the top-selling vehicle in the world thanks to China. CEO Elon Musk is currently in China. What do you make of all this? You know, China remains the world's largest auto market, hugely important for Tesla, as it is for a number of other companies. You know, Ford CEO Jim Farley, GM's Mary Barra, they have both been to China in this post or semi-post-COVID era. Of course, it was very difficult to visit uh, facilities in China for a couple of years there. You know, with Tesla, it's a little bit of a special case. They have, you know, one of their four assembly plants in China, and but they're facing a number of limitations on what they can sell, how they can sell it, where their vehicles can be driven. So maybe a little bit of personal politicking can help smooth out some of those business bumps for them. Gotcha. Coming up, Champ Title CEO Shane Bigelow joins the show. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Many of us have had unpleasant experiences at the State Department of Motor Vehicles. I can say here in Michigan, there have been a number of steps under secretaries of state from both parties to use technology better and make the systems work more smoothly. But the titling process remains little changed. As my guest, Champ Title CEO Shane Bigelow joked, it's not advanced much from when a king would use wax and a royal seal to signify a subject's ownership of a piece of property. What his company has worked to implement in the state of West Virginia is a digital titling process that can be more efficient and secure. I reached Bigelow in Cleveland, where Champ Titles is based. Shane Bigelow, welcome to Daily Drive. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Appreciate you having me on. Well, let's start with a little of the backstory. Your company has set up a digital titling process uh, with the state of West Virginia. How long has it been going? How does it work? And and how's it how's everything been going? Yeah, sure. So thank you for uh, the nice broad question. So uh, our company's Champ Titles. We build systems to replace the aging title and registration systems inside of state government. Uh, our first uh, 
client uh, was indeed West Virginia. They've been on live and live for coming up on two years uh, pretty soon here, processing from what used to be before we took it over 45 days of processing time in their side, now down to uh, real time. So it's uh, been a very uh, well-received, highly efficient new process that they've been able to roll out for dealers, for fleets, for insurance carriers, and for lenders. It handles all of the titling, all of the vehicle titles in the in the state of West Virginia? It does. Yep. Uh, everything is uh, is now running through it. Lean's running through it as well. It's really a soup to nuts replacement of what was there before, uh, enabling dealers to submit everything electronically, no paper trail, uh, have a very quick turnaround time. And soon uh, everyone around the country will have access to what they're calling the clearinghouse as well. So explain a little more about that. I understand in February, West Virginia's governor, Jim Justice, signed a bill to create a pathway for the clearinghouse. And this is for non-resident businesses. How is that going to work and and why is it that group of vehicle owners? Yeah, well, we're really excited about this and I'll give an analogy to try to explain it. So if you've ever observed that many companies are incorporated in Delaware and said, well, gee, why is that? Or many banks have their bank license running through South Dakota, like Citigroup. And you say, wow, why would a global lender have their banking license running through South Dakota? It's because those states have taken it upon themselves to try to corner the market on being the best and the easiest and the most efficient to work with. And they've done it. They've done it successfully in Delaware and in South Dakota. And Delaware is certainly the poster child for finding a way to roll out a national solution from just one state. Well, West Virginia has done the same thing with titling. They've really grabbed the bull by the proverbial horns. And once their processing times got so low, they said, well, how else can we help our constituents? How else can we help dealers and fleet operators and insurance carriers and lenders and, of course, the consumer? And the answer was, well, maybe we can be the state that solves the problem with online vehicle commerce, right? There's, there's so many issues when you go from selling hyper-local, as dealers have for, well, since the Model T came to be, uh, they're always selling in a small radius. And now with online sales, they're not only selling nationally, they're buying nationally. So Lithia announced a, a few quarters ago in their annual report uh, or in their quarterly report that the average online sale was over 900 miles from where the car was physically inventoried, which means interstate titling has to happen. And unfortunately, most dealers aren't set up well to do that. Indeed, it's a, a snag for a lot of people if they buy a car out of state or, or move or any of those things. What's really interesting about it is West Virginia saw that problem and said, well, if we allow everyone to be able to buy a car from anywhere in the country, retitle it here in West Virginia, and make sure that, that they knew that that inventory was a good title that they could sell and they had right to sell. And then that would enable them to post that inventory online and allow them to have anyone around the country to buy that inventory. Now, there are some you know nuances to the way this works, but the best part about the solution for dealers is that you can take your online presence and make it so much larger and so much more efficient because the titling aspect that would have slowed you down from doing that has now been solved by a government entity. And that's the really cool bit about the delivery mechanism. This is a government 
that put its consumers and its constituents first and said, how do we solve this problem? And they happen to be using our technology and the technology of our partner, Tyler Technologies. You know, you used the example of those states that have really dominated their area of uh, bureaucracy, (laughs) of paperwork. Do you see West Virginia becoming that sort of dominant player? And does that have implications for other states, maybe missing out on revenue or shrinking their uh, their processes? Well, uh, I, I think certainly West Virginia has first mover advantage. They've got a proven system that has been working and operating for uh, nearly a, a couple of years now in this digital world. They don't have to go through any big system upgrade like other states would have to in order to sort of handle this national volume, never mind just the complexity of the operational changes that uh, West Virginia has has powered through and, and made happen internally with, with the great leadership of their uh, their DMB commissioner, Everett Frazier. But yeah, do other states suffer from this? Well, no. In the retail world, historically, you, you would buy a car, a dealer would sign the back of it. They'd hold that title until they sold it. And they may or may not be fully aware of all the problems with the vehicle they just bought. This is one of the issues that plagued a lot of the online retailers as online commerce really grew entities rather that were 100% online, names we all know. The issue that West Virginia is solving for other states is they're solving it by adding a third title process. There's the buy, there's the sale, there's the West Virginia in the middle. So no state is actually losing revenue from this. It's just West Virginia happens to be gaining some revenue while delivering some very efficient titling for the entire industry. So thankfully, I don't think states are looking at this and saying, oh, no, this is a competitive threat to what we do. We'll lose something. This is this is actually solving a problem that that almost every state hears from their dealer constituents about online titling and how to make it more efficient, how to make it entirely digital. And West Virginia has codified the rules and the laws to be able to go do that first in the country to to really, with the help of the governor, um, make these sweeping changes. Are you talking with other states? Are there others? Is this something that could spread nationwide? The clearinghouse in and of itself is is national, right? Every No matter where you buy a car, you can retitle it in West Virginia. It has particularly strong byproduct in terms of the effect of it for fleet operators to make it easier to retitle their fleet at the end of life, for, for insurance carriers around total loss to be able to recycle a car faster when they buy a car from a policyholder. So it's sitting in salvage yards a lot a, a lot fewer days. And retailers, of course, to be able to reliably sell every bit of inventory around the country. So I think other states are looking at it. And I'll give you an example. West Virginia went and talked to uh, AMVA, which is the, you know, quasi-federal entity that sits over all of the motor vehicle administrators in the country. And they explained it a few months ago to everybody, and it, it received rave reviews. People, you know, DMVs around the country were like, thank you, you're solving a problem. We weren't able to solve it, or we haven't thought about solving it this way. You're really going through the change management, and you have the support all the way up to the governor to do it. Uh, thank you. You're solving a problem, and you're not taking anything away from us. And so I look at it, and yeah, other states talk to us. We certainly have our systems in other states, but not for the clearinghouse. The clearinghouse, West Virginia really is running with and and certainly the leader of the pack. So I understand the idea is that, that you can transition the paperwork traditionally needed for documenting who owns a vehicle. It's it's out of date and can be digitized like an airline or a concert ticket. I would guess there might have been some resistance, especially early on, regarding security. Uh, how do you ensure there's no 
fraud or fakery? Yeah, um, certainly, you know, anything new, no matter what the industry is always going to be uh, first looked at with a skeptical eye because it's different than what we've uh, encountered in the past. But it's worthwhile to contemplate all of the fraud that occurs in the paper world, right? It's relatively easy with a printer you could buy at Best Buy and access to, you know, quality paper that you can buy online from any number of vendors to try to mimic in paper what a paper title looks like and feels like. In fact, there are books published that actually show you all of the qualities of that paper and they're legal, right? So they're actually giving you a blueprint on how to do it, which boggles my mind. However, in the digital world, right, there's there's a QR code like on your boarding pass. Can you imagine trying to fake a boarding pass? What would happen if you showed up? How would you do that, right? You would have had to tap into the, the system, somehow convince it that you bought a ticket, issue it to yourself, have all of the different checks that occur along the way not catch you, and then actually board a plane and hope someone else wasn't in that seat already. It would, it would, be, it would be almost impossible. It's the same thing with, with digital titling, right? When you move to something that is controlled digitally, where every time there's an interaction on that title, it's bouncing back to a state system that's telling you, hey, this is real or this is not real. It's much more reliable than someone just physically looking at a piece of paper or touching a piece of paper and making that assessment on their own. Uh, the technology actually helps abate a material amount of fraud, if, if not all of the fraud. Before I let you go, I need to ask about one company that has brought the titling process into the news, and that's Carvana. It's uh, really struggled to stay on top of its paperwork here in Michigan and in Illinois. Have you done any specific work with them, or do you know if it's planning to use uh, your, your clearinghouse in West Virginia? Well, I, I won't comment on anything that's business specific because I want to you know, honor their, their confidentiality. I'm sure they, they would like me to do. <laughs> but um, the way I look at it is that, yes, Carvana, uh, for good or for bad, has been the poster child for this, this movement in the industry. And they've, they've really highlighted that when you are selling cars solely online, you run into titling problems. And the, the great thing about it is that it doesn't matter if you're Carvana and you're 100% online or you're a dealer who's 10% online, those problems are the same. And West Virginia has now established a way to solve that problem. So yeah, this will solve the online retailer problems. Um, this will enable them to comfortably and reliably know that what they're acquiring is in fact theirs to sell. And the selling part is not that hard. It's the buying part that's actually pretty hard. And so having the state systems, not, by the way, not being a vendor on top of a state system. Like if you're just a vendor on top of a state system, you're still having to interact and go back and forth. This is actually the state providing direct access to the system. This is unparalleled access that they're enabling and the reliability and ease with which they're able to do it and have proven that they can do it um, really does solve the, the titling problem for all retailers nationwide. All right, Shane Bigelow, CEO of Champ Titles, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jamie. Really appreciate uh, you having me on. Thanks so much. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Carly Schaffner and Kurt Nagel of our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business, for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. 
Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.